screw it. I'm going to go out. I'm going to buy stuff. I'm going to, I bought myself a cart off of Amazon for 55 bucks. <laughs> and wow. yeah, I drew my sign and I taped it onto a cardboard box. And that's it. <laughs> Hello, I'm Red. And I'm Tiff. And we're, and we're the, the Fashion, fashion geeks. geeks. Trying to make New York. And the world. Well, New York is the world. A little flyer, one outfit. And podcast. At a time. I'm not a big thrift store guy. It's not really my steez. I think mainly because as a kid I viewed it as old lady shopping and mothballs. I could never understand why people, and really for me women had an interest in doing that unless they were a costume designer. When I was an undergrad at NYU, one of my buddies was Javier Vasquez. He lived in Brooklyn. He lived in Sunset Park. I used to go to his house sometimes because his mother, Senora Chencha, would hem pants for me. My late grandmother was starting to retire from that task. Anyway, seeing that I was into gear, Javier took me to a place I had never seen before or since. He took me to Domsey's. Do you know it? Do you remember it? The original Domsey's was this gigantic warehouse in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Pre-hipster Williamsburg. Like, what the heck am I doing here, Williamsburg? I think it was somewhere near the water. I truly don't remember, and I can't even tell you the cross streets because Javier took me. He was my Brooklyn tour guide. Here's what I do remember. It was gigantic. Like, you could get lost in there. It was far from school, and I didn't like it. It was just rods upon rods of clothing, stuff in boxes, no merchandising. You had to dig. Dig? Like my late mom used to do at finding clients on Delancey Street to find a pocketbook? Yuck. No way. There was also no connection for me with previously owned clothes. Somebody else's clothes? Why? Just get new ones. Are they clean? Maybe they have cooties. I don't think I ever bought anything there. Javier, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I went more than twice. I think the clothes smelled or I wanted them to. It was not a good shopping experience. Yo, this is Reg Ferguson, fashion geek number one. How are you guys doing today? Today, we're going to talk with Irene Zimmerman of Irene's Closet BK. Is in Dittmas Park. We're going to talk about a category of shopping that the everyday man probably should have an interest in, especially with the current economy. We're going to talk about vintage shopping. Irene Z, a.k.a. Killer in the building. How are you, Ms. Lee? I'm doing good. How you doing? Good, good. I'm hanging in there. You keeping safe out there? Pretty safe. I ride my bike. I have a mask. That's my life. Good, good. Very important. So before we go into our topic, please tell us, so what do you do? So what do you do? So you do? You do? I go out hunting and <laughs> I do. That's, that's what it is. I go out <laughs> hunting for the best stuff. It's something I've always enjoyed doing. And then I bring it home and I get it ready. 
and I put it on my little clothing rack on wheels. And on the weekends, I roll my rack the six blocks to my spot outside Sycamore Bar, and I'm there. And I sell stuff. Holy cow. That's it. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> so, so why vintage and why now? Well, why now? You know, I, uh, I've actually been unemployed for just over one year. And, um, I've, oh. yeah, I always worked in sales. I, after I worked in real estate, I worked in retail, mostly with fashion, mostly in stores that sold a mix of vintage and newer items. Um, and I just always thought it would be great to have my own store, but I'm broke. I don't have any money. How, like, that's never going to happen. I'm never going to be able to build up the kind of capital I need to be able to lease a space, either to afford to lease the space or to show on paper <clears throat> that I'm a viable candidate to lease a space. Um, right. And so I just, I never really let myself think about it. But with things the way they are now, I just thought, screw it. I'm going to go out. I'm going to buy stuff. I'm going to, I bought myself a cart off of Amazon for 55 bucks. <laughs> And wow. yeah, I drew my sign and I taped it onto a cardboard box and that's it. <laughs> wow. So totally DIY. Totally DIY. Um, the hangers that I use are hangers from my own closet. I didn't go out and buy special hangers. Um, I spray my clothes with a little bit of perfume. It's my perfume. Um, just so things smell good. Um, and there's a signature scent in it. You know, people sense memory is important. So every time people walk by, they smell something nice. Oh, my and, God. Sure, yeah. sure. Never would have thought of it. Um, I always have my music going. I have a little Bluetooth speaker. And I play my my Latin jams. It's a two-hour set. And I play it twice because I'm out for four hours. Um, as far as you're asking why now, but why in general, my neighborhood has no shopping. A few years ago, there was a Brooklyn Industries that closed, and they were, sure. I mean, it's Brooklyn Industries. Like, it's fine, basic stuff, I guess, but it's totally uninteresting. And so within at least minimum a mile in any direction of Cortelli Road, there's nowhere to buy clothes unless you go to Flatbush Avenue. And there's fun stuff on Flatbush, but a lot of it, is cheap for a reason. It's going to fall apart in a week and a half. Um, <clears throat> and as someone who loves shopping, even just to go play dress up and not buy anything, um, that's kind of sucks that there's nowhere to like go and enjoy fashion and share that passion with other people who love to shop for whatever their personal reasons are. Um, so in my neighborhood, I'm the only one. And especially in this kind of market, it's beneficial to me to not just be really entrenched in my community in this particular sort of way, but to also be the only person offering this service. Well, you, you hit on something. So essentially, I'm going to twist a term. Mm -hmm. Your neighborhood, Ditmas Park, is a fashion desert, so to speak. Yes. 
Wow. I, I never knew that. I don't claim to know Dittmas Park very well. Been through a you know, handful of time, just proving how, how large and expansive Brooklyn is. Because we're not on opposite you know, ends of the borough by any stretch of the imagination, but we're decently far from one another. Yeah, we're like three and a half miles. Right. There you go. Which for New York City is, uh, is a universal. Worlds way. away. Yeah, right. <laughs> but when you decided to do this, like you said, you knew you couldn't do a brick and mortar. Mm. But you were, you know, you, you have a passion for fashion. You mentioned community. And I think fashion can do that. But I think specifically, you're really walking the talk. So how has it felt introducing vintage fashion? We're going to specifically talk about men's. I know you do both. Mm -hmm. How how does that feel for you to introduce this in your hood? It's the best feeling in the world. Um, You know, people in my neighborhood, they are fashionable. They are fashion forward. Excuse me. They, um, you know, there's a large LGBTQT community and a lot of bars and events that happen or would usually happen unpandemic in my neighborhood. I mean, Sycamore Bar has burlesque nights and they show the drag race every Friday night. And, you know, they, (laughs) yeah, they, they have loads of, you know, trans and queer events regularly, weekly. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's just, there's loads of people and young people in my neighborhood who love to dress, but there, there's nowhere for them to shop locally. Um, and just the response that I've gotten so far has been so positive, not just from the people in my community, a lot of whom recognize me, um, either they recognize me or they're like, Hey, you're uh, that barista's sister, aren't you? Because we look exactly the same. My sister used to be a barista at the coffee shop in the neighborhood. So wow. it's it's like being in a village. Um, it's just you. everybody recognizes each other. We see each other all the time, even if we don't talk to each other. Um, so there's that. And there's also the business community. This weekend will be my two months I've been out on the street. Wow. Yeah. Two months in business. Two months in business. And I got to say, the business community of Cortelli Road has been phenomenal. On Instagram, you know, Sycamore Bar, every weekend they put me up in their stories because I'm right outside. Um, my Cortelli, which is the Cortelli Road Business Association, they've started reposting my stuff in their stories and sending business my way. It's, and I'm just a girl with a goofy cart. Like it, it really, it really warms my heart. Um, I have repeat customers, people who every nice. weekend, even if they don't buy something, they always stop and they check it out and they chat with me. And it's, it's awesome. Well, that's really cool. And yes, I, I want to make it clear for the listeners. If they, if they ever want to check you out, you are in front of Sycamore bar and flower shop, which is on could tell you. And though I can't claim to know Sycamore Bar, but I do know it's on the same block as the farm. The farm on Adderley, yeah. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there twice. Yeah. So (laughs) actually, Sycamore Bar, they're connected because Sycamore Bar, you can order food and they will walk it over, like bar snacks. Get out of here. 
I did not know In my that. neighborhood, there's a lot of that. Like Sycamore Bar, I think their sister bar is the Rusty Nail, which is on um, on Foster and East 17th. Um, Westwood Bar has a sister, or Westwood Restaurant, which is also up on Foster, has a sister rest, uh, sister bar. Um, Costello Plan uh, used to be owned by the same people as Leia. So there's a lot of this, you know, this really tight-knit, business community and local business owners. Nice. And also for the listeners to be clear and correct me if I'm wrong, essentially you're just a few blocks away from the Catelyu road stop on the Q track. And are you also just a few blocks away from all those colorful restaurants that are owned by the same guy with the colored facade? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know it a little, just a little. Don't really yeah. know it a lot. Well, you lot. know, Cortelli Road is the high street, to use sort of the, the the European turn of phrase. It's the high road. No other, there there are no other major business drags. I mean, there's Church Avenue. You go like past, I don't know, maybe like around Ocean Avenue and Flatbush. Church Avenue obviously is a major thoroughfare from getting to end throughout Brooklyn. But in terms of within our community, Portelli Road is the place. I mean, there's a, there's like hinterlands on our portion of, on like the Ditmas Park, Prospect Park South portion of um, Ditmas Park. And there's um, Am Thai, which is a great Thai food restaurant, but there's just a few little places. And then there's a few places on Foster and a few places on Newkirk, but Portelli Road is the main drag so obvious it's there's nowhere else for me to go even if i wanted to go somewhere else understood so you're in the right spot spot. i am literally in the only spot that is the best spot i'm very careful i picked the block with the most foot traffic and i picked the one spot on the entire block where i wouldn't be blocking traffic and i wouldn't be on top of bike racks or um benches or trees or in the middle of truck loading, unloading. Um, there's one little square and that's my square and no one else can have it. <laughs> You've claimed I've it. I've claimed I mean, it. Kudos to you. Everybody knows. Right. But I mean, you had the foresight, you, you planned. Yes. I did research. I went out on the street and like hung out and like looked around and tried a few other places too. Um, places that have full sun, but the other side of the street doesn't have as much foot traffic. So it had to be that side of the street. And then it was a matter of which block is the best block. And this is it. Well, you hit on something. You essentially are doing an outdoor pop-up. Yes. We are literally hitting the middle of December. Yes. You are weather dependent. Yes. How do you think this is going to go and for how much longer? Um, It will go for as long as my body can take it. Um, (laughs) Okay. You know, I, uh, I've got lots of layers. I've got (laughs) little heat pads. Wow. And honestly, you know, like the last two weekends we've had some wind and I have to stand still and hold my cart so that the wind doesn't, knock my cart over which has happened twice now oh no yeah 
Um, so when it's windy, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll, I'll close up early, you know, if, or if I think that the weather's gonna, there's gonna be rain or something, I'll close up early. And I, I always post on Instagram if, you know, beforehand to let, I don't have too many followers yet. I've only been on Instagram like 10, 12 days at this point. Um, but let my followers know if I'm planning to change my hours. Um, where I used to work, uh, I was, I was there for just over a year. Um, they always left the door open. My boss said that 30% of business doesn't come in the door if the door is closed. So Mm. if it was over 32 degrees outside, the door was wide open. Um, yeah. And, and it was cold. I was to say, that's what, that's what you started to layer up inside the place. Inside. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so I, I'm just used to, if I get cold, I get cold. When I get home, I'll take a hot bath. Like just have to be prepared for the weather. Most of it's being prepared. Sure. No, absolutely. And there's no excuse for not being properly prepared. Yeah. I mean, if you have hand warmers, I, you know, Sycamore Bar has them. They, uh, they sell them. So <laughs> when I get to my, my spot, I go in and I buy a pair. Nice. I would recommend you buy them in bulk. Yes. Uh, I have done that for something totally different. But, uh, Which we won't talk about, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, wait, hey, wait a second. Yeah, it was innocent. But yes, I, I bought a, a big box of them. Yeah. So I'm just saying uh, that would be my advice. Buy, buy a box in bulk. In terms of the cart, have you thought of putting uh, weights on the base, on the bottom? Well, I've got to bring the weights with me then. Yes. I've got to. You would. So. Yeah, well, yeah, but my point is, I've got this big double rack, so it's it's not just one bar; it's two bars. Okay. So I've got this big rack with all these clothes, and it's kind of heavy, and I have to navigate it the six blocks down the road to from my house to my spot on Cortelio. Um, so, and then I also have to carry weights. Mm, no, it's not going to happen. Okay. You know, like people say, well, why, why don't you, why don't you sell shoes or why don't you sell this or why don't you sell that? I go, because I'd have to bring it all with me. It's, you know, it, it's, it's sort of a, it's part of my language, but it's sort of a pain in the ass. No, 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 no. I understand. I yeah. mean, one thought on that, since you're so cool with Sycamore, how about you leave the weights at Sycamore? They would rather I didn't just because, and, and that's, that's sort of fine with me. Um, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay. Okay. But you led, you, you said something that I want to follow up with a question mm-hmm. about certain types of clothing. And we had a conversation on offline that I found interesting and I'd like you to convey it to the audience. Mm-hmm. There are certain items that you sell and there are certain items that you don't sell. So can you explain your 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 breakdown so to speak so like for example you initially did pants you don't do pants anymore please explain why so when i first started this it was i mean let me back up a second yeah what was your mix i could open two stores with all the clothes 
the amazing clothes that I have donated over the last 15 years of my adult life. Um, I've had great stuff because I've always been into fashion. <laughs> I've always just given it away because I've always got so much great stuff off of you know people's stoops and hand-me-downs. It's just sort of the kind of person I am to give back to the universe like that. So it never... It never bothered me. It never really occurred to me to, oh, well, maybe I should hold on to this. Um, and then with this, with the pandemic and have been struggling financially, I was going to donate stuff. And I said, you know what? How about I spend 50 bucks on a, a cart and I try to sell this stuff instead? Because I got nice stuff. Um, right. A lot of it, like my, my grandmother's silk scarves from the 50s and cashmere mm. sweaters and old, you know, jeans and skirts and um, all kinds of things. Sure. And, you know, with, I was able to sell tops. People weren't really interested in the silk scarves. They were interested in my grandmother's, um, like, Italian leather gloves. Those sold pretty quickly. And no one, yeah. <laughs> I think I sold one pair of pants. Two, oh. three, yeah, two, three weekends, one pair of pants. And it's because people, you can't try it on. Right. Pants, especially women's pants, it's such the sizing, the cut, the fit. Every woman's body is different. And pants, especially jeans, is notorious, the struggle of trying to hunt down pants that fit properly. I usually start and then I give up immediately and move on to something else when I'm shopping for myself. Mm. Um, so the focus was to have things that I could sell, not stuff that I liked the idea of and would sit around, um, right. you know, being economical just in terms of not just the money that I'm spending, but also in terms of what makes sense. Um, so, so really it was, it was listening to your customer. Hmm? It was listen, to my customers, it was listening yeah. to your customer. Yeah, watching and seeing how people responded. Every now and again, I get someone saying, oh, well, I'm looking for a skirt or I'm looking for this. Also, it's a low rack. It's not really tall. So I oh. can't get stuff that's too long because it drags oh, on the floor. Right, right, right. Sure. So no dresses, no long coats. All the coats and jackets that I sell are short um, or shorter anyway. Um I, I mean, I find some gorgeous, like, full-length trench coats, London fog, um, vintage leather with fur collars, but I can't, I can't sell them because they're going to be dragging all over the ground. Understood. Yeah. I don't know, did I answer that question? I started to answer the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, no, you, 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 you're doing just fine. Right. So what is your range of decades that defines vintage for you? The Fashion Geeks are hosted and powered by Blueberry. That's Blueberry. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Thinking of launching a podcast? Want your episodes to be deployed smoothly? Go to Blueberry.com, type in the word fashion, and get a deal on us. Just put in the word fashion. Blueberry. Always host fly. Anything that's in good condition. <laughs> I mean, if, uh, if it's cool and it's in good shape, I don't care if it's 100 years old or it's five years old. Um, the, the other main focus for me in terms of what I'm looking for is natural fiber. 
I really try to avoid stuff that isn't 100% natural fiber or at least over 60% natural fiber unless mm. it's really cool. Like if something is acrylic but it's awesome, then it's awesome and it'll sell and who cares. Um, but I feel like natural fiber stuff is a better quality. If you take care of it, it'll last you longer. And especially in my neighborhood with all these families and, you know, we've got a lot of granola country. We've got multiple organic stores. We've got herbalists. We've got who I studied with years ago as an apprentice. Um, you know, people are into that 100% cotton, 100% this, you know, natural fiber, rainy. So, again, it's it's knowing my market, knowing who I'm selling to because people – People like that. They dig it. Sure. So what do you think separates your store from spots like Beacon's Closet, Buffalo Exchange, and L Train Vintage? Well, certainly it's smaller. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you're smaller, yeah. you're newer. I'm. But what I'm, else? Is that there's a level of curation, you know, like the natural fibers, what I sell, knowing because I'm so hyper local, knowing who my customer is. Um, and then there's, you know, with bigger stores like that, they, um, they just, they have so much space and they can say, well, this is worth this much. This is worth that much. For me, I'm buying stuff and I'm turning around and I'm selling it at a flat rate. I can't wait for the right person to come into my store knowing I have 15,000 other items that, that might sell. I have 40 items that I would like to move as quickly as possible. So I've got Oscar de la Renta men's pullovers. Those are $20. I've also got Alfani. Those are twenty dollars. I've you know if it's a top it's twenty, if it's a coat it's thirty. And that's the end of it. And people respond to that because it makes it easy for them. It makes it easy for me. And I sell stuff. I I don't want to sit on things. I want to sell things. Right. I think that I mean that's the main difference is a place like L Train, they're you know, they're looking at stuff and they're saying, well, what is this worth? Um, some stuff, you know, it's worth some real money. I have a, I have a Noel and Carter leather jacket that I found and I looked it up and it's like $200 jacket. That one, that one I'm, I might hold back and try to sell online, uh, which is something I'm just beginning to consider doing uh, for specialty items. But generally, flat rates. My original business plan from years ago was to have a business and call it shut up and wear it where you like it. <laughs> does it fit you? Tags don't matter. Just shut up and wear it. Happy. The end. <laughs> but I thought that was a little too aggressive. <laughs> yeah, well, you've, you've come a long way because yeah. you know, you're, you know, Irene's closet BK, which is smooth. And you have a cool tagline that I've jumped on and I've actually used it as a, as a nickname for you. Yes. Killer looks. For men and women. Yes. So all these killer looks, because, you know, I haven't been there yet. So they are killer looks. And, you know, every, so many people have different 
style and fashion right now is so inspired by, you know, sort of gender neutral Asian aesthetic, straight line pants, very, very plain, very comfortable. And what's a killer look to me or to you isn't necessarily a killer look to someone who's 22. Um, But good taste and good style is, I mean, it doesn't matter what you wear. If you look fly as hell, then you look fly as hell. So I try to, yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I try to have, I'm more adventurous with the way that I dress or I like to be. Um, But not everybody wants to dress loudly. So I do have loud eccentric wild stuff and i also have lots of basics you know like nice cashmere brown sweaters or mauve or that red and I, I i do um for display i do the roy g biff i do the rainbow um i organize it by color because it has to be aesthetically striking out on the street to draw people in so yeah. so like the presentation is part of the killer look as well right so you do a color array you also have your sign. Mm-hmm. My goofy little <laughs> sign. <laughs> hey, well, you know, you could you could upgrade your sign if you so choose. I plan to upgrade my sign. I'm I am planning an upgrade. It is it exists in my mind. It is about to exist in real life. <laughs> Are you thinking of upgrading your racks as well or no? Um not right now. What I've got works. Um, you know, it's the middle of winter or hopefully it's the middle of winter or maybe the beginning of winter, Um, beginning of winter, the beginning of winter. And I'm doing pretty well, you know? So when spring comes, it's going to pop off. I mean, people, if I'm doing well now, it's going to be wild. Once it starts getting nice out, I'm definitely going to stay out later because there'll be more sun. It'll be out longer. Um, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully all of that works out, I guess. Sure. Sure. Well, fingers crossed. I mean, you're doing well so far, two months in, new in the game, fresh face, but you have repeat, you have repeat business. I do. I've got a, let's see, there's Crystal who always comes by and at the very least we stop and we chat. There's Yuri who has sensitive skin and prefers cashmere. So I always keep my eye out for a men's large and cashmere sweaters. Um, <clears throat> actually, I, I got something for him and he came by this, this past weekend and said, you know, I don't have any cash on me. I'm going to come by next week. And I said, all right, Yuri, I'll hold it to, for you to next weekend. But after that, I got to put it out. Um, there's, I don't even know their names, married couple. I know him from the bar. Or I, I know him, I recognize him from the bar. I see him hanging out with his boys at the bar all the time. Um, and she's bought a bunch of sweaters from me. She's bought all of my favorite things. Um, nice. Yeah, and he, once I started carrying menswear, you know, I really try to let people know that this whole section, this whole side is my menswear section. Oh, wow, menswear section. So he bought something from me, which was nice. Um and I, I see them every single weekend. So it's, uh, it's terrific. I, I just wish I knew their names. <laughs> Why do you think it's important 
for the everyday man to seek vintage as an option? I think that, I mean, in general, reducing, reusing, and recycling has immense value in today's world. Um, I also think that a lot of new stuff isn't really well made. And from my observations, men shop very differently from women. They're more likely to spend more money to get better quality and hold on to it a lot longer. So they're looking for quality um, from what I've seen. And yes, I, I would agree. Yeah. So I find that vintage items are made to last. And I think that there's real value when you look at it that way um, for men to buy vintage pieces. And again, you know, they just, they're fun. They have, they have style. They've got substance. They've got great cuts, um, great prints. Yeah. I mean, I've got this beautiful Merino wool Brooks Brothers cardigan in like a dark lavender and, I'm just I'm just waiting for the right guy to come by and get it. It's gorgeous. It's, you know. The right guy, his name is Caustic Man. Caustic Man, if you're listening, you better holler at this girl. Yeah. And I, and yesterday I found a light um a light lavender fine merino men's pullover. So You got options, people. Yeah. Purple. It's beautiful. Why not? So you hinted at something. Are you considering going online and doing e-commerce, like sell on eBay or Etsy or you know, Insta? I am. It was really, it was this uh, Knowles and Carter coat that did it for me because it it feels like butter. It's just exquisite, and it's in perfect condition. And asking thirty dollars for something that's worth—I mean, I'd, I'd charge a hundred. Probably, you know, it's worth 200. I charge a hundred. If I could get a hundred, I would appreciate it, <laughs> but I can't, I can't get a hundred on the street. You know, if I go out there and I'm like, well, this is $60. This is a hundred dollars. People will go, wow, I agree with you. It's worth it, but I'm not going to buy it. Um, so my sense is the best way for me to get the money that certain items Every now and again, something special um, that that those items merit is to sell them online. And I'd probably do it through Instagram because my focus right now is my Instagram page, is using it as a display window as of sorts. Um, sure. So it's the best place for the community and for potential customers to keep up with me and see what I'm doing and see where I'm going and see what what outfits and, and items I have in stock. So I don't want you to give away any secrets. Yes. Cause I won't. <laughs> no, no, I know you won't, <laughs> but I'm curious and I'm hoping our listeners are too. Where do you look for your gear? How do you source it? What's your methodology? How does all this work? Well, I have been, thrift shopping since I was in middle school. Um, and I just, I'm, I speed through stuff. I go racks and racks on racks and I just look, look for stuff that looks cool. I pull it out, see if it's in good condition. 
I see if it's as cool as I thought it was, you know, in that microsecond, just catching it with my eye. Um, and if it is, I throw it in one of my big bags. And then when I get to the checkout counter and I start to unpack, that's sometimes when I, I'll weed a few things out. Like, okay, you know mm. what? Actually, I'm not going to take this. Actually, I'm not going to take that. But I just want to grab as much of the best stuff that I can and then fine tune it later. Mm. Now, what do you mean when you say fine tune it later? Well, fine tune like when I get to when I get to the checkout counter. Oh, oh when I start okay. to unpack yeah. things to go to pay for them, I'll pull something out and I'll be like, you know oh. what? I already have something that's sort of like this. I don't need another one of these or something that, you know, or I'll pull something out and go, you know what? Nobody's buying gray right now. This is silly. I'm not going to buy this. Understood. Yeah. Gray is beautiful, but it's <laughs> the, bl- the black and the, and the gray people are not buying, which I'm glad about because it's winter. Why would you want to dress in black and gray in winter? It's depressing. Oh. Well, during a pandemic, it's depressing. No, I, you know, listen, it's all subjective to each his own. Right. Well, we have covered a lot for someone who has a young business. And I'm really intrigued about how you're going to continue on. I mean, in a way, Irene, to be honest, you're like, you're like the postal service. You're going to be out there regardless. I'm going to be out there regardless. Yeah, rain, sleet, or snow layered up for you to go, hey, I can't wait till spring. It's, I don't sense that you're taking a break. You're just going to go through. So. I'm just taking it, you know, I'm taking it one week and one weekend at a time. You know, some weeks I'll go out shopping and the stuff that I find is, you know, it, it's six to five and pick them. Sometimes I go out and I find just so much great stuff. And even now, you know, I'm finding, I'm letting myself shop for spring because I'm finding such great stuff and standing there and looking at it. I'm just going, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> like, it's here now. I am also here now. Let's do it. Um, because once spring does come, to just have already have my stock and I'm finding with the shopping even for me shopping for a business is a brand new experience not just you know for myself or for fun um so for example I was shopping yesterday and pretty much all the sweaters the heavy winter sweaters have been picked clean um so you know so for me I'm thinking well I need a lot of winter sweaters but so does everybody else. I should have, I should have been buying more winter sweaters in September or over the summer, but I wasn't shopping over the summer. So for me now, learning that, I'm going, okay, well, this is how I need to think about things. So I'm shopping now for spring. Um, I'm not going crazy because I don't want to spend all my money on spring stuff and then have nothing left for, uh, for the rare sweater that I do find. I try to keep my budget at uh, at sixty dollars a week for oh. new stuff. Yeah, um, and with sixty dollars, how many items of clothing can you get through your source? I I average three dollars fifty cents an item. 
What? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I don't know much about vintage, to really be honest. I'm aware of it, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't claim to know a lot. And I certainly, you know, I don't source things. Not like that. Right. I just go to retail, right? Or to a tailor. So wow, three fifty a pop. That's uh I that doesn't um, seem to be too bad. <laughs> well, you know, so I, I'm I'm going to talk some real math, and this is sort of my private business, but also your listeners, I'm sure people who are interested will will be interested in this information. Um, so my goal is to do 200 a weekend, um, and I usually I like to net 200 a weekend, and I usually meet that. Um, sometimes I'm over. Lately, I've been over, for which I am grateful. Some weekends, there was my first weekend, I did 35 bucks. Um, gross um mm. there were you know two three weekends ago i grossed 45 uh, 145 dollars um you know so i'm not i need to spend as little as possible to be able to put some money away for groceries you know i'm unemployed um and bills and to put money away for my my sixty dollar weekly budget, um, and put a little bit away from, in savings. I try to save sure. a little bit of money every week as well. But you know, like I'm I'm making six to eight hundred bucks a month and literally supporting myself off of it. Wow. No, you are, I mean, this is an inspirational story. This is a COVID story. It's a fashion story. It's all these things. But, I mean, really, kudos to you for the vision, but also for the perseverance. So you have a passion for it. And you love it. That's clear. But, like you said, this is a business. This isn't a hobby. You have bills. And you're you're trying to make things happen. Yeah. You know, when I first started, like I said, I was I was selling my stuff. Um, and, and just combing my clothing racks and saying, well, what else could I sell? What else could I sell? Um, do I really need to hold on to all this stuff? Um, and I've worked in so many places where, you know, there's, there's candles and there's potted plants and there's burnt sage and there's all these beautiful women's clothes and then men come in and they say do you have a men's section i i unfortunately have to say yeah there's like five shirts over there in that corner and i hated that i hated men coming in and there was just nothing for them and i always promised myself if i ever had a place on my own it would be 50 50 because one men like to look fly and two menswear is fly and it's super fun to shop for because men take better care of their clothes. And so I find stuff in better condition. Um, with the women's wear, I find amazing stuff, no doubt. But, uh, but in men's wear, more of the items are in better shape. So. Hmm. Well, Irene, we are drawing to a close. Can you please let everyone know where they can find you on Insta and where they can find you Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 4? Yes, indeed. I am on Instagram at 
Irene's Closet BK. And you can find me on Saturdays and Sundays, 12 to 4, outside 1118 Cortelli Road, otherwise known as Sycamore Bar and Flower Shop. Um, and that's, that's it. It's, uh, it's terrific fun. Come by, say hello. I've got a mirror. You can try stuff on if you want to. And Nice. Yeah, well, you know, people want to look good. They got to be sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, Irene, I like to ask this of every one of our guests, and you have peppered this word throughout the uh, interview, unprovoked. What does always be fly mean to you? Uh, there's, um, so there's a thing that I say, and this is sort of risque. There's a thing that I say, and it's an attitude towards life. I, I tell people, you know, enjoy life, flap your titties. Just go out, flap them in the breeze, live your best life, be your best self. So always be fly to me is synonymous with the, like, the attitude of just flapping your titties. I say this to men, I say this to women, but it's a vibe. And yeah, enjoy life, be fly, flap your titties. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I scared people. <laughs> I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't expect that one. And uh, I'm looking down at my chest. So you should flap your titties too. It feels amazing. <laughs> Ride a bicycle, Yipes. eat an apple, Yipes. get on a ferry. I, Irene Zimmerman of Irene's Closet BK. Really a pleasure. We got to have you come on again. Absolutely, man. Good luck. Godspeed. You too. Thanks for having me. Peace. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had fun and are down for another one. Special shout goes to our producer, Search, and everyone down with the fashion geeks. Please tell your friends about us, and please tell them to subscribe. You can find us on all the major platforms. Also, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have a question or a story suggestion, you can email me at podcast at nyfashiongeek.com or hit me up on Insta at New York Fashion Geek. I'm Reg. See you next time. And remember, always be flattered.